0: So today I want to bring a message to you, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit out of my, my normal style of bringing a message to you, but um, I want to talk to you about revival, all right, revival. I'm talking about revival, and, and I had this sweatshirt made this week, I actually thought I was going to preach about revival on Wednesday, and it just it didn't work out, and so the, I, today's the better day, I believe God had his hand on that. And revival is my word for the year. It's what God. Every year I ask the Lord to give me a word. This year He gave me revival, and I'm not even sure what it means. I'm not even sure what all the Lord's trying to say to me about revival. In in fact, it's not even the word revival is not even in the King James translation of the Bible. It's one time in the New King James translation. It's just it's not a word that we, we we talk about a lot. But I, wa- I believe the Lord's dropped that in my spirit, and I want to bring a message to you on that and, and, and hopefully inspire you and encourage you along the way. Because in 2020, some things died, and some things need to stay dead, right? Some things like fears need to stay dead. Some things like bad habits need to stay dead. Some of those things like unhealthy relationships, dead, some, whatever it is, needs to stay dead. That was, was, was bad for us. It needs to die. But there were some things in 2020 that died that was, it was good for us, and it needs to come back, all right? It needs to be revived. It needs to be resurrected in our lives. And so I'm talking about passions. Some of you lost passions in 2020, and you don't know your purpose anymore. Some of you lost dreams. There was something God put in your heart, and he wanted to do in you, and you lost that passion. You lost that dream. Some of you lost you lost finances. It wasn't your fault, but you lost a job. There was a layoff. Something happened in your life, and you've been struggling. And it's time this year, 2021, for God to revive that in your life. For some of you, I'm just going to call it out, y'all. For some of us, it was it was your serve. You're just not serving the way you used to serve, and and and, and you've. Maybe you're not even serving at all, and, and some, for some of you, it's out of habit. For those that are cautious, we understand, but for those who just said, oh, you know, I got in the habit of staying home, and life is good. I'm just going to do this. Hey, it's time to identify your purpose, some passions again, and get back in the game. Come on, somebody. Yeah, for some people, it was church attendance that died. Let it revive, come back to life. Some marriages died, 2020. Let's see that resurrect again in Jesus' name. So the way I want to say it is, it's time for revival. All right, everybody say, it's time it's for revival. Time. All right, it's time for it. So uh, if I ask you today, what, do you, what, what is revival? What is revival? You would, every one of us would have a different we answer. We would think about it differently. Um, we, we would respond differently. We, we, we have an idea of what revival is, okay? Um, some of you might say revival is that old time revival. You know, where you go to church seven days in a row and some hot shot preacher blows in and he blows up and he blows out and then he leaves the mess for the pastor to clean up, right? He's just, all right, I'm gone, see ya. And in my church, we had revivals growing up in East Tennessee. We just, in fact, we had a couple revivals a year and they were always very meaningful and very powerful. In fact, we had one revival that lasted seven weeks, seven weeks. And we were there every time the doors were open, right? We, we were just there. and, and but, but I remember it, God moved and it was powerful. Some of you might recall uh, big tent revivals, right? You'd say, oh, that, that's what I think about when I think about revival is a big tent revival. How many of you have been to a tent revival before? All right, all right. or a few of us in the room, all right? A few of us have been to a tent revival, In my hometown, or the the church where I grew up, I grew up in Sweetwater, Tennessee, all right? A little small town between Knoxville and Chattanooga. Well, our church was about 18 miles away, and we drove to church, uh, took about 20, 25 minutes to get there, in a different county, different city. It was was next to Watts Bar Nuclear Plant, all right? Two miles east of the dam, all right? So, uh, I'm going to save that joke for later. That was... uh, Anyway, it was a, uh, we wanted to call it the bar, right our church we, we called it the bar sometimes because um, because it was by watt 's bar right so that 's fine. We called it the bar <laughs> um, but anyway, we had my, my home church we had a massive tent revival, and uh, we were part of a denomination and, and this um, guy in the in, in the, kind of a big wig in the denomination, came down and preached the revival, and they set up this big tent. First time this tent had ever been used. It could seat 1,000 people. It was huge. And in a little town like Decatur, Tennessee, population of like less than a couple thousand, this was a big deal. It was right by the Piggly Wiggly, right by the bank. People started showing up to the bank going, hey, when can we th- get tickets for the circus, right? And, but there wasn't no circus. Uh it was it was it was a different thing altogether, and, and so tent revivals. Some of you remember those. Uh, some of you, just a lot of you won't even know what this is, right? But back in the day, they used to do brush arbor revivals. How many of you know what a brush arbor revival is? Anybody here today? I can't I can't believe it. we had a couple of people in the early service that they knew what it was. It's where you build a structure, an arbor, and then you top it with. Brush. Like fresh cut, so you're gonna sit under the sap, under the mosquitoes, under whatever, right? And, and and you're gonna have a church service there. They they used to do that near near my hometown, East Tennessee. They did brush arbor revivals. And so we think about revival differently. There's different ways. But in in the nineteen nineties, there was a revival in Pensacola, Florida called the Brownsville Revival. And uh, this revival lasted five years. More than 200,000 people came to know Jesus through this revival. In fact, they, they established a Bible college there, a school of ministry, that, that's where I went to Bible college. Uh, it has since shut down. It's no longer open anymore, but that's, it was a powerful move of God. Incredible things happened there. I, in fact, I got saved at the Brownsville Revival at an age about 14. That's where I gave my life to God. I had grown up in church, but I had never really had a relationship with the Lord. And that's where it all began for me. On a church trip to a, to a revival, eight hours away. I, it really, it made a difference in my life. And, um, and so revival looks different for all of us. I have an uncle who called me several years ago. We were living in Alabama. And uh, he we never we don't really ever talk, and, and, uh, uh, but he had called me, and I thought, well, this is a strange, uncle's calling me, and, and so he, he says, uh, Benji, now, my name, my childhood name was Benji, I prefer Ben, okay, I'm just letting you know, I like Ben better, but he goes, he goes Benji, it's your uncle, I was uh, I just called to see if y'all ever run any revivals down there, and I said, well, I mean, we run some revival. Like we do services. I guess you could say it's kind of like a revival, but we we don't really do that. And he goes, "Well, if you if you've ever run a revival down there, then y'all just let me know directly, okay? Directly. That means let me know as soon as you can. All right. Y'all just let me know, and we'll we'll, we'll probably just get into Chrysler and we'll come on down there and we'll get us a motel and and we'll just stay for a revival meeting. And I." I but he never came because we didn't have revival meeting, all right? We didn't have it. But uh, revival, everybody thinks about it different. I, I, I want to um, point out, though, that, um, that revival is a part of the American culture. It's part of our history. In our history as America, we've seen five great revivals, five great moves of God. The first, Great Awakening. The second, Great Awakening. The third, Great Awakening. But then there was the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles. It was a modern-day outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then there was the 20th century revival, which included Billy Graham and D.L. Moody, some of those guys, and, uh, or, or maybe it was Billy Sunday and some of those guys, to, to see a move of God. It was incredible to see what God was doing. And all of those great moves of God, the great revivals of our culture and American, it they had one thing in common. There was a culture that was far from God, but there was also a group of people who wanted to move of God, a group of people who wanted to see God move like never before, and I believe we're in a season where we have a culture that is far from God, drifting from God, not just drifting, running from God, but I also believe there's a group of people in Wichita Falls City Hope Church who is ready for a move of God. We're ready to see God move, ready to see him change lives, ready to see him do something great in our city and in our community and in our nation. So why can't it start here? Well, hey, why can't the fourth great awakening just start right here? Why not? Why not? And so I I, I wanna talk about revival today. Let's talk about it. What is it? I have a really hard time describing it because, like I said, it's not in the Bible but I go to Webster's, and Webster's says it this way. A revival is just simply to restore to life. To restore to life. It goes on to say that it's to restore from a depressed inactive. To restore those who are walking through a bout of depression right now. Maybe you are in an active state. You're inactive. You're not serving God. You're not doing what he's called you to do. You're, you're unused and he wants to bring you back. He wants to do something in you. Amen? He wants to work in you. He wants to change you. He wants to restore you. So I say it this way. Revival is restoration. He wants to restore whatever it is in your life. And that's exactly what he wants to do with our lives. He wants to restore broken dreams. He wants to restore purpose again. He wants to raise you back up in the game. He wants to do that. And so here's the issue, though. The issue with most of us is that we have experienced some sort of like move of God in the past. We've experienced, maybe it was a salvation moment. I I don't know what it was for us, but, but it was a special moment that God touched our lives. And the problem is that we want the future revival, the future move of God to be like the past move of God. The way it used to be we want to talk about the good old days are you with me we want to talk about how it was back then and what happened at that time oh remember when i was at the brownsville revival and god did this and that but but god says wait a second i'm doing i'm doing something else forget the former things Forget about what I did in the past. Forget about, for, forget about how I moved back in the day when you got saved. Forget about how I, I, I saved you. That was awesome and it was incredible and I did a great work and I did awesome things. But there's something else on the horizon. He says, I'm doing something new. I'm doing a new thing. And he goes on to say in the next verse, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Can we see it, church, that God is doing something new? He wants to bring revival to our lives. He wants to restore maybe brokenness. He wants to restore what was lost, what was stolen. He wants to bring it back. He's making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Amen? All right. So today I want to just kind of give you three, three principles about revival. Uh, three, three principles, they're not keys, it's just like, hey, when this is, if, if we want revival, then, then this, is, this is part of the deal, right? We, if we want to see God move in our lives, we're going to need to do a couple things here. And the first thing is this, revival comes with a price. Revival comes with a price. And what I mean by that is there are some things that we're going to have to give up. There are some things we're gonna have to get rid of. There's some things that we're gonna have to lay to the side. There's some things that we're gonna have to say no to in order to say yes to God. And, 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 and uh, I don't know what that is for you. May, maybe it's a vice, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a bad habit, maybe it's relationships. I don't know what it is for you, but, but I, wanna, I wanna be careful to remind you that I don't get up here on a normal basis I don't have a habit of getting up here to to tell you what you don't need to do, all right? That's not my style. I don't want to preach about what you don't do, okay? I would much rather the Holy Spirit speak to you about that and change your life because it would be a lot better than me just getting up here and thumping you over the head. Turn or burn, right? It's going to be a lot better when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. So I'm, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to get up here and tell you what you shouldn't do, but I'm going to let the Bible do that, so, all right? We're going to let the Bible do that today. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul says, hey, these are some things we, we need to get rid of because when we, when we follow the desires of the sinful nature, this is what happens. This is just a list that he gives us. And he says, when you follow the, the desires of sinful nature, the results are clear. Here's what you can expect when, when, you're, when you're living that sinful nature. And by the way, every one of us have... A sinful nature. There's, it's, it's part of it. It's in us. And that's why we need God, right? He says the results are clear. The flesh, the impurity, lustful pleasures, lust of the eyes, the flesh, the pride of life. There's idolatry where you put other things before God. So you could just say, what's, what's more important in my life than God? What do you put before the Lord? Sorcery, hostility, quarreling, where, where you're bickering and backbiting and you're fighting and you're you're arguing arguing really over silly silly stuff usually that's what it's about Um, jealousy I want that and I'll do whatever I have to to get it outbursts of anger selfish ambition really this is an oxymoron because all ambition really is selfish really it's for us Um, dissension division Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, the other sinful things like these. He, he says there's other things that are, that are not on this list. And he says the reason why we've got to get this out, why we've got to let the Lord in, why we've got to give some things up is because the next verse says, if we keep living like that, we won't inherit the kingdom of God. We, we won't see the fullness of what God wants in our life. If we live with an unrepentant heart where we say, no, 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 I don't need to do all that. I'm, I'm good. My life is good. I'll, I'll just keep doing things my way. You know, I, I'm really, I don't need that. And so we're not, we're not gonna live an unrepentant life. We've, gotta, we've got to give some things up. We gotta pay the price. Give some things up. Why? Well, let me, let me say it this way. Um, because when your life is full of those things, God doesn't have room to do a new thing in you. When your life is full of all of that, he can't do something new in you. Well, Pastor Man, how do you know? Because the next verse says, the Holy Spirit wants to produce this kind of fruit in you, but he can't produce this in you when you've got all the other stuff in your life. When, when, When you're living by the sinful nature, the Holy Spirit wants to produce love. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you peace and patience. I've learned don't ever pray for patience because you'll have an opportunity to to fulfill it, to test it out, right? Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. He wants to do this in you, but he can't do this if our life is full of that. Can I get an amen today? Amen. Hey, I know I'm a little in your face today. I know, I know I'm a little. This is kind of part two of last week. Like, beep, beep All right? It's time for revival, okay? It's time. It's time to get rid of that junk. And, and here's why. Because 1 Peter says this way. It says, get, get rid of all the evil. Get, get rid of all that. Get rid of all the stuff that's holding you back. Be done with all the deceit, the hypocrisy, the jealousy, the unkind. Speech. Hey, leave that alone. Give it up in order to see God do something great in your life. And I'm telling you right now, during 21 days of prayer is the best time for you to lay some things aside. There's some things that are sinful that we need to leave aside but there's some things that maybe, maybe they're not, maybe it won't keep you out of heaven but it sure isn't good for you on earth. Can I say it that way? Maybe we just need to leave it Aside. So I'll say it this way it's time to give up in order to see God show up. There's some things we're going to have to give up in our lives if we want to see God show up. If we want the fullness of who God is in us, we got to say no to some things. All right? So the second thing I'd give you about revival is, is revival is personal. It is personal. It's not about an organization, it's not about a denomination. It's not about a church. Revival starts here in you, in your own heart. It has to start here. Revival is relationship with God. It is an awakening of your own heart. It is a restoration of your own life. And so before you pray for revival in somebody else's life or revival in the city or revival in the nation, start here. Start right here. God wants to do a work in you. Uh, ask him to change you. Ask him to mold you. Ask him to speak to your heart. Ask him to change your life. Ask him to bring revival and restoration to your own life. Because sometimes we get a, we like to look at what everybody else is doing, right? Well, those people over there <laughs> they need revival. I'll tell you that right now. Let's pray for them. And they, 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 they need to change their life. Those people over there, boy, they're messed up. We need to pray for revival for them, and God is saying, whoa, 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 I, I kind of wanted to do a work in you. I wanted to change your life. I wanted to do something in you, but we, we forgot to pray about us because we were so focused on those other people who really just, they're just not like us, and so there must be something wrong. They must not be serving the same God as us. My step, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on any toes today, it got quiet, so I just apologize for that. So Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 7. He says, hey, why, why are you worrying about the speck in your friend's eye? You're, you're over here thinking, oh, they need to change. They need revival what they need. They need revival. You're worrying about the speck in your friend's eye, but my goodness, you have a log in your own eye. You, you, you can't see past it. He says, how can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get that sawdust in your own eye when you, have a, when you can't even see past the log in your own eye? Come on, y'all. Let's pray. Let, let, let's let revival be personal. Let's let it start here. God, what do you want to do in me? How do you want to change me? How do you want to speak to me? How do you want to mold me? What, what, what is it that you want to restore in my life better than it was before. In, in, in 2 Peter chapter two, the same, same chapter we read a minute ago, this is later in the, in the chapter, it says, hey, you're not like that. You're not like those people who are looking at the speck in the sawdust, sawdust of other people's eyes. You're not like that because you are chosen. You are a royal priest. You're a holy nation. You're God's very own Possession. You're special in his sight. You belong to him. And as a result, hey, you can show others the goodness of God. So rather than talk about how bad those people are and how much they need revival, he says, hey, we, because of who you are, just show them by how, by how you live your life. Let your actions speak louder than the words. As a result, you'll show the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful, marvelous, life-giving light. That's what he's done for us. So we, we want this to be personal. Revival is personal for us. But number, number three, the third thing is, let me, let me go here first and, and just tell you that it's time to not, not just go to revival, okay? Okay. It's time to not, not just come to a church service, not just go to a revival meeting, but hey, let's experience revival in ourselves, in us. Number three is that revival happens in the presence of God. Revival happens. Man, I, earlier the worship team was up here leading worship, and, and uh, I was just in tears on the front row over here just sensing the presence of God and i know that i'm a little bit expressive in my worship i was a worship pastor for 15 years and it's just it's in my dna like i just it is part of who i am i love to worship i get a little bit expressive and and worship is that way though my my definition of worship is worship is love expressed but it has to be love expressed god's way and you can read the psalms for all those ways Lifted hands, clapping hands, kneeling, jumping, dancing, shouting. All of those are, are ways in the scripture to express love to God. But revival happens in his presence. Revival happens in the presence of God. We say all the time here that one moment in the God's presence can change anything. And I believe that with all my heart. But I'm just going to say you're going to have a little bit tougher time if you refuse to get into God's presence. No, no, I really don't want to be close to God. I I really don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that. It's going to be harder for you to experience that life change when you just don't want to be in his presence. And Hebrews says it this way, chapter 10, verse 21. And since we have a great high priest, talking about Jesus, who rules over God's house, let us go, where? Right into the presence of God. Hey, come on, let's get into the presence of God. Let's experience him today. Let, let's, let's go with sincere hearts, fully trusting that what he has for us is good and is powerful and it's life-changing. And I promise you this, one of the fastest ways to get in God's presence is worship. Is worship. It's, it's lifting your hands. It's, and you can worship here. You can worship at your home. You can worship in your car. You can worship in the shower you can worship wherever because it's not dependent on this place and i promise you when you get into his presence your life will change god will do something in you so it's time it's time to 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 worship my way into revival time to worship my way to revival i'm I'm not going to be satisfied with status quo how things have been going i'm i'm hey Life is good, God is good, but I'm not satisfied with that. I want, I want more of God, right? I want to see him move in my life. I want to see him change and lead and direct. I, I, like, I'm, I'm okay with what God's done here at City Hope. It is amazing what God's done here. But if we just plant our flag and say, man, this is good. Let's keep it like this. Hey, man, I, I'm going I'm to go on somewhere else because God called us not to be a church full of saints, but he called us to reach and be a church full of a bunch of sinners who don't need a museum, they need a hospital. Oh, I thought I'd get a i would get thought I'd get an amen on that one. So, and, and 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 I, I really I love I, I love being the pastor here. I I want to see I want to see God, move. I want to see him restore. I want to see Wichita Falls change. I want to see crime rates drop. I want to see recidivism decline. That that means less repeat offenders. I I want to see less teen pregnancies. I want to to see young people finding their calling in God, going into full-time ministry. I want to see God move. That's what I want to see. So... There's there's one key to it all, though. There's one thing. These are some principles about revival, but there's one thing, if if you're going to see, in order to do these things, all right, you need to do this one thing. It's a key to revival, and it is, it's a word that we talk about some here. It's the word repent. The key to revival is repentance. There is nothing God can do in our lives if we, choose to hold our ground and stay unrepentant and i'll say it this way that repentance is the precursor for revival therefore revival hinges on repentance do we want revival do we want restoration do we want a move of god in our lives if so it starts with repentance and when we repent it unlocks the goodness of god in a whole new level I want to show you five things really quick. Five things about repentance and what it will do in our lives. Five things that repentance leads to. And number one is this. Repentance leads to forgiveness and healing. It leads to repentance and and healing. Oh, I mean, you may already know that. But I want to show you a scripture in in 2 Chronicles chapter seven. It says, if my people who are called by my name if my people who who are getting in a personal relationship with me will humble themselves in other words will pay the price and pray and seek my face in other words get into my presence and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I believe right now in Wichita Falls, in City Hope Church, in America and around the world. We need this to happen. We need, we need forgiveness and we need healing like never before in our, in our land. But I want to show you, it, it's, it's, it's conditional. If, then, if you'll pay the price, And get close to God in a personal relationship and get in his presence. Then he'll forgive your sin and heal our land. And we need that in America today. Number two, the second thing that repentance brings and it leads us to is it leads us to a refreshing. Repentance leads us to a refreshing. And I don't know about you, but I need the refreshing of the Lord in my life. On a daily basis. I just need his refreshing. I need his joy. I need his grace. I need his strength. And repentance leads us to that place where we're refreshed in him. Acts 3, 19 says, repent and and turn to God. That's what repentance is, is turning to God so that your sins may be wiped out. There it is again. You're going to be forgiven. But even more than that, the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. He wants to refresh us. The third thing that I see about repentance is that it leads us to rejoicing. Now, you can't rejoice if if you don't (laughs) joice. Corny joke, I know, but like literally, to rejoice means to have joy again. You can't do that, you can't rejoice, you can't rejoice if you don't rejoice, if you don't have joy in your life, and some of us just need a little bit of joy. Just a little bit of like, Oh, God is good. He's faithful. Joy for who he is. Joy for what he's done. Joy because of his his goodness and his mercy. Joy for every good and perfect gift that he pours out upon us. We need some joy in our lives. And Psalm 85 says it this way. says, hey, won't you revive us, God? Revive us. Another word for revival. It comes from repentance. Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice? So we can live a life of joy that no matter what circumstance we go through, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter who talks about us, no matter what the paycheck is, no matter anything else on this earth, we can find our joy in you alone. Yeah. Number four. Number four is repentance leads us to restoration. I mean, that, that's really what re- revival is, is it's restoration. Repentance leads us to that. It, it's a step to being restored in Isaiah 57. God says, I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are, they're contrite. That means they're kind of just, they're broken. They're, they're repentant for what they've done and their sins, they're humble. And he says, I restore the crushed spirit of the humble. I revive the courage of the of those with repentant hearts. It's gonna bring revival to our hearts when we're repentant. When we just say, God, I I love you. There's no question about that, but there's some things I I just need to turn from so I can know you better, so I can know you more. And to make the most of these next 14 days during 21 days of prayer, there's some things, God, that I, I... I'm I'm sorry about it in my life. Will you forgive me? Give me a fresh start. And then number five is that repentance leads us to revival. If you want the restoration of God, if you want Him to restore you better than before. Hey, I'm talking better than 2020. Whatever you lost in 2020, It's a new day, new season. God wants to restore. Repentance will lead to that. It will lead to revival. The only place in the New King James translation where the word revival appears is in Ezra chapter 9 verse 8. I mentioned that it doesn't even appear in, in, in the King James. Like when I do my sermon study sometimes, I'll just use a, a Bible program and I'll, I'll just keyword like okay where does this show up in the Bible and I'll, I'll start studying it <laughs> this was a hard message to, I'm telling you hard message to study for because the word just doesn't show up there and I'm having a hard time dis- describing I, I hope you're getting some. is this helping anybody today because I, I hope it's helping you and I, I mean it's this person i need it in my life I need a move of God and he says for a little while grace has been shown from the Lord our God God's hand's been on America for a couple hundred years his grace has been shown to us and he's left us a remnant that word just means a group of people Remember how I said every powerful move of God in our history had a culture that was far from God and a group that wanted to move of God. This is the group that wants the move of God. This is City Hope Church and not to take anything away from other churches in our community they 're great and i 'm not saying they 're not doing a great job at all i 'm just saying this is for us i 'm the pastor of this house okay a remnant to escape. What are we escaping this This was written to the Jewish people, when they were in a time of captivity in, 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 and they were in, in bondage. And they were escaping that to go back to Jerusalem to build the house of God. And he says, There's a, you've left us a remnant to escape. You've given us a peg in his holy place. The peg represents security in the house of God. He wants to give you security in the house of God. Security here. Listen. You can have security in a lot of different ways, but there's just something about being in the presence of God with a group of people. There's security here. Security when you get in a small group. Security when you lead a small group. There's something about it. That God may enlighten our eyes. Ephesians 3 says, Lord, he, Paul says, My prayer for you is that God will enlighten your eyes. He'll open the eyes of your heart. That's the first step of our journey at City Hope is that you would know God. That God would enlighten our eyes. That we could know him and that he would give us a measure of revival. That he would give us a measure. Oh God, just give us a little bit of restoration in in our bondage. Lord, give us a little bit. Bring us back. Bring us back. God, we're coming back. Lord, deliver us from our bondage. From the things that are holding us captive. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you today. But I'd love for you to just bow your heads with me today. Close your eyes and let me ask you, what I always ask you, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's he whispering to your heart? What's he speaking to you? I know for me, uh, maybe it's because I'm I'm just uh I'm when I've chosen to do this this fast, I just feel closer to God. I feel like he's just so close. And I want that for you. I want that for you. Say, Ben, I want that. Would you just lift up your hand? I want to pray for you. I want to lead you into prayer. Thank you. God, for every hand that's lifted, who would just say, I want revival. I want you to restore. I want you to bring back those things. I want you to, I want you to, I want a revival. I want a move of God in my life. I want to know you more than I've ever known you. I want to. I'm sorry, God, for drifting, for being far. I'm sorry for doing my own thing and being my own, going my own way. I'm saying to you today, God, I need you for every hand that's lifted. Show us the things, the areas where we need to just pay the price. We need to lay it down. We need to count the cost. Show us the areas where we can draw closer to you and and make it personal for us, God, that it's not about anybody else anymore. It starts here in us and God how can we experience your presence Lord take us deeper into worship than we've ever been before in Jesus name with your heads still bound I'd love to just talk to a group of people maybe here today who you would say you say Ben I want everything you're talking about but I'm I'm far from God I'm I don't know God. I don't have a relationship with God. I, I, I haven't just drifted from God, but I have run the other direction. I'm, there's, he's not my Savior. He's not my Lord. He's not in control. He's not in charge. And today, I want to make Him the Lord of my life. I want Him to be Lord and Savior. I want, I want to give my life 100% completely to Him today. I want to repent. If that's you, would you just, on the count of three, slip up your hand. One, two, three. Just slip up your hand and say, thank you. That's me. Thank you. Who else? Anybody else want to join a couple people? said that's me, man. I want to go all in today. I I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want him to be Savior, King, all that I am. Anybody else today? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, let's say this prayer together for those who raised their hand. Come on, let's say, Jesus I give you my life. I repent. I turn to you. I lay aside my past. I want revival. Would you refresh me? Renew me. Forgive me. Restore me to who you want me to be. I am yours. You are mine. And from this day forward, I will follow you. The best that I know how. Thank you for being my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give thanks to God today. Let's thank Him for His presence. Hey, I'm so proud of you if you just gave your life to the Lord and raised your hand. I'm so thankful for you. What a moment. That is incredible.